With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. My name is Max Brecky. Alongside with me, alongside me today, we've got Harrison Starr and Ben Ross. Guys, how are we doing? Howdy. Do- Do- Ooh. Oh my God! Should we just restart? Um, <laughs> no, we're gonna leave this entire thing in here. This entire uh, awkward exchange. Tremendous. I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing fine. Things are good. Things are fine. Iowa football, pretty good. So, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. How can you not be? I mean, Iowa won, Vikings won. Yeah, I don't care about Bears that. Bears won. I don't want to t- no, big, they didn't. Well, no, they lost. I mean, so big, That's big, big, big weekend for me. Uh, yeah, I'm the worst. And just can't be happier with how this Iowa football team is playing right now. Yeah, no, they – I honestly don't – really have any complaints about this game at all for the most part i I don't know about y'all but i'm feeling really good after this one i I think the only thing that was bad was the penalties looking at them right now i mean it it was pretty crazy to have 11 penalties for 110 yards but that's really the only negative i'm it was probably the best start to finish game i always had in a long time or at least that I watched live. Uh, I was talking to my brother, and we mentioned the Ohio State game. I did not actually watch that one live, but there was also the fear that Ohio State was going to come back. Right. Um, but with this Indiana game, it was just like almost pure bliss for 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. No, uh, I, you know, Iowa was in the driver's seat the entire game. There was one point in time, I think in the third quarter, when Indiana was threatening. They had driven the ball down the field. And there was a Geno Stone interception drive. And that's the only drive where they threatened to really get that game within a score anytime after the early stages. And yeah, Iowa really dominated after that again. I think they got a little bit flat, a little bit complacent. Uh, yeah, and then... You know, I think that they kind of remembered, hey, we can just run up the score and we can, you know, really destroy these guys. And they did it. And I, I don't, they, they executed, as Kirk Ferentz would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else you can say. It was, uh, I mean, Nate Stanley, you, know, you have to be happy with his touchdowns, obviously. And, I mean, he left a lot of passes on the field, too. He still... It's not quite as inaccurate as he was last year, um, but he's still, you know, missed Noah Fan on a touchdown, I remember. Um, 
he's missed uh, he's missed a couple guys, and I'm not complaining about him. He's playing great, uh, but I think he. I mean, we still could see a better Nate Stanley, which, and I don't think that's a ridiculous statement or request. It's, well, and that's wild to think about, right? Right. Like he's playing as well as he's playing his career, and you still see, hey, this guy can be better. I mean, yeah. there's there's not much more indicative of kind of the talent they have on the roster than kind of that statement, which is exciting. And, and you hope that Iowa leans into it versus kind of backing off. And, and that's really my fear as we go through the rest of the season, because all these games have posed difficulties to Iowa in the past. And I'm curious to see how they mitigate them because they just completely ran Indiana off the field which is really the first time it's happened in a while. Um, probably the Minnesota game in 2008 is really the most memorable, like, super blowout of the last, I guess that would be 11, year, 11 seasons ago. But wild to think about. Yeah, and, you know, the Minnesota game, I don't even know that they were really trying. I don't remember exactly. It was, it's a while ago. But I don't know if they were really trying to run up the score. In this game, they were trying to run up the score on the Hoosiers. Like, you know, throwing the deep ball in that last drive, the petty war. Have we, do we hear anything about that? Why, you know, Kirk didn't pull any of the starters or anything? Because that was a little perplexing to me. I didn't hear anything about it. I think that nobody, I don't even think anybody really asked them about it that I read about. No, I didn't see, I didn't see anybody asking about it. And it's not like, I don't think these guys have a history of bad blood that's public. Uh, just interesting to me, and I would have. I was. I kept watching, so I wanted to see Peyton Manzel. Um, we never got to see him. Honestly, I was disappointed by that. Isn't that? I mean, wild. I my biggest gripe is I didn't get to see our backup quarterback today or yesterday. Maybe the one thing, and this is probably something Brian's a little more in tune with than Kirk, is the seven touchdown passes. Uh, being I not only an Iowa record but a Big Ten record, and I think that first I think it was a play action right on the very last drive that he tried to hit a tight end going deep. I think he kind of wanted to get that seventh touchdown for Nate Stanley. That's kind of my sense. I don't think it was that at all. I 100% think that the Indiana coach kind of pissed them off with their demeanor, pissed both of them off with their with his demeanor on the sideline. The entire coaching staff, you know. Two unsportsman or unsportsmanlike penalties, you know, from the coaching staff is pretty crazy in a game. I don't know the last time I saw, you know, somebody that's like not Bo Pelini esque. You know, I really. think it was both. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, no, I don't know. I I think it's more Harrison. I never thought about it until you just brought it up, Harrison. I never heard of that, and I want to believe that uh, that that that's true because uh, that's exciting. So I'm I want to believe that. They were just trying to sh- stick it to Indiana's coaching staff just because that's not really a Kirk Ferentz thing to do. <clears throat> there is a decorum thing that I think grinds Kirk about certain coaches. Uh, you would think I it's think baseball it... with all the unwritten rules Kirk thinks um, are going around the call. I mean, I don't know. I don't know shit about you know college football coaching etiquette, but you would think. It, I mean, it reminds me of baseball, these unwritten rules, and Kirk, obviously, in his age, agedness, probably feels like he can enforce whatever rules he wants. I don't even know if it's necessarily unwritten rules. I just think that Indiana's coaching staff was acting kind of childish, and Kirk took exception to that. What's that noise? 
It is my dog. She's playing with a ball. And by a ball, I mean a bottle. Um, Oh, nice. So let's see if we can find her a different toy. (laughs) Uh, Let her play. Okay, all right. Uh, Actually, no, that noise is... Whatever, I don't care. (laughs) That's distracting. (laughs) (laughs) Um... All right, so when while Harrison goes and finds a new toy, uh, what do we have? Offense but, uh, was good. I'm really happy with uh, the running game. Uh, yeah. I'm really glad. I was really as concerned. I guess I don't know. I can't think of a better word. I was concerned or nervous for Torn Young because I feel like he hasn't had a really. I mean, he hardly played. He had what eight carries last week and week he, before that only he ten. Didn't play in the, he didn't play in the first half at all against no. Minnesota. And. Um, I'm really, really happy to see he had 19 carries, 96 yards, and he got involved in the passing game, too, at a receiving touchdown. And a great yeah, one, that. It was a great catch, a uh, really good catch. Um, and Sargent, I think, looked the best he has all year. I've always been a little bit down on him, but he had he hit some really good holes. I'm still questioning why he gets, he's getting goal line carries when Torneon is right there available. available. Um, that I don't get any... I don't get that. Uh, but I'm even without every Kelly Martin, um, I still think I, I, um, we're pretty optimistic about this uh, Russian attack. I'm happy with it. Yeah, I mean, 32 carries, 159 yards for a five for exactly a 5-0 average. Uh, can't can't be too upset about that. Um, it was good to see, you know, kind of a mixture of uh, both of those guys get involved because and get involved well. The offensive line was creating gigantic holes on uh, during that game that I probably could have run through, and I probably run like a five five. Oh, that's that's a humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> I take a five five. I think. Now, I think what we see with the running backs, at least as it pertained to these two, and I'm curious how it plays out as. Ivory Kelly Martin comes back into the fold. But I think what we're seeing, maybe outside of the goal line stuff, is Brian Ferentz understanding where his running backs excel and putting them in those positions. Because you saw him, Sargent was pretty much the third down back, um, plus all shotgun snaps, it seemed like. And the thing I did not expect from him at all was his ability to, to pick up blitzes. I think it was one two weeks ago against Minnesota and one this past week where, um, you know, hit blocks that he made allowed Nate Stanley to get enough time and score touchdowns. He's really a good third down back, and I certainly didn't expect it. And then also he's able to catch the ball, had two catches today, and he runs the ball pretty well. Um, they ran a couple of those kind of sweep runs almost where they pulled a couple offensive linemen out to the right and those mm. look like really good plays um so i i was very excited with what we saw from the running backs um today we're gonna confuse so many people today yesterday excuse me in the end of the game i think we want people we say today so people think we rush to record this because we're so professional immediately after the game so i think we stick with that we rush to record it and then release it on tuesday well i mean that's all you know let's production things we can explain that later um yeah, uh, offense good. You know, offensive line also starting to gel. Possibly, Lark Jackson got beat a couple times, but I think Tristan Wirfs played okay. I saw Landon Paulson played quite a bit. Um, he seemed to be out there the most I've ever seen him. 
And uh, that's all I have to say about the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I think at a certain point, Indiana just decided that if I was going to take all these deep shots down the field and run all of these uh, passing plays that took a lot of time to develop, they were just going to blitz the hell out of them. And, you know, kudos to Indiana for disrupting Iowa for, I mean, pretty much a whole quarter at that point. Nate was slippery, man. He yeah. Was, I was shocked by that. They probably left two or three sacks on the field at least. At least. Like, I, don't, I didn't under, really understand these Big Ben uh, comparisons for a minute. I mean, Stanley likes to throw the ball deep to his, you know, big receivers. You know, he looks, he wears a uniform that looks exactly like the Steelers uniforms. <laughs> but like, besides that, like, I didn't really get the comparison. But I kind of understood it after watching him this past week, just bouncing off of tacklers. Like, you know, that's kind of just something that you kind of expect from Big Ben because Big Ben is huge. I know. Uh, and the thing about Stanley that we're starting to see. Uh, and, and maybe the comparison I have is Shea Patterson from the Michigan State or the Michigan Wisconsin game. Gross. Is no, 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 no. It's a contrast, not a comparison. Ah, ah, excuse me. Excuse ah. me. So Nate Stanley, when the rush is coming at him, he's able to slip and slide out and step up into the pocket. So really, what he's able to do then is he's always got his base. Not that he can't throw the ball from different angles, a little more on the run. But with Shea Patterson, whenever he's seeing a rush, he's like dropping back even further. So I think it was just wild to see kind of all the little things that Stanley's doing um, in contrast with this supposed five-star. Because the more I watch that Michigan game and Michigan in general, it's like, how's this guy a five-star? Granted, he ran a ball for 85 yards. That was crazy. But seeing all the stuff that Nate Stanley does in the pocket, it really looks like a pro quarterback. Yeah, he's composed as hell back there. It's hot. And, and I think part of it is, <laughs> other than being hot, is having a full, like, real tackles, I think makes a huge difference. Because for the last however many years, it <clears throat> seems like they've slid guards outside to play tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good and point. I think yep. Bethard was someone who really got the short end of that stick just the pass protection was not up to snuff but when you've got the Joe Moore award though (laughs) I know right um but when you've got real tackles it it makes it easier because then you're able to play your number one guards at guard so it it it, it just the way it kind of sets them up I think is uh it makes the line a lot better which makes everyone look better yeah completely agree uh and, you know, I think something that helps, too, is I think he really trusts the guys he's throwing the ball to this year. He completed a pass to nine different guys in this game. And five, yeah, five had multiple receptions. Uh, it, you know, I just, you know, last year he was just going to throw the ball to his tight ends and to Nick Easley and maybe Matt Vandenberg on occasion. But this year, you know, it really feels like he trusts these guys to go out there and make plays. The Nick Easley touchdown was, I think, my favorite of the day. It was really impressive just how long he extended that play for. And great job by Easley on coming back and sticking with his yeah. route. Um, I was, that was my favorite touchdown of the day. I was really impressed by that. A little bit of luck with that tipped pass right into bit. Easley's hands. But, yeah, yeah. That, one, that one was fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, enough of the offense unless we have something else to say i think we've covered the entire thing that sounds good to me well i think Um, one thing i do want to touch on the tight end thing they're pretty good 
I when hate to got, say it. Yeah. When you've got both of them with four receptions, 100 yards, each scored a touchdown. I mean, Hawkinson got two. It, there's just no reason to complain. And I saw someone on Twitter when I was uh, <laughs> searching Noah Fant. Uh, oh, <laughs> God, come uh, yeah. on. No, but I think you were in, you were in search for it. I know I was, but no, the, th- the point is, is that the first person that congratulated Hawkinson after his first touchdown, I believe was no fan. So yeah. the outside noise is just, it, it seems like Kirk is doing a really good job with it. Um, because I, I think if winning helps, of course, um, but if he doesn't have the infrastructure that he has, um, I, I think you see it maybe uh, affect these guys a little more, and it certainly doesn't seem like it. No, these guys are good. They know they're good. And, you know, I think that they probably both want the ball a little bit more than they get it, but when you have two tight ends that are as phenomenal as they both are, you know, they I think they understand that, you know, they kind of open things up for each other. Are we nervous we're going to have to be replacing two tight ends going into the next year? Well, Hawkinson's a sophomore. Redshirt really? sophomore. God, really? I thought he was a junior. No, nah, Hawkinson's a sophomore. But God. he's it's his third year though. So yeah, he could still. I, I don't know. I said that maybe months ago as a joke on Twitter. Um <laughs> Oh, find it. I I will, I will, and then I refound it and mm. remade the, the, the case. So ah. um I <sighs> it's an outside possibility. I don't think I it's think. gonna happen. I'll punt on it. Okay. There we go. There we go. There's a, an impromptu punter go for it. I'm also going to punt on it. However, I mean, I don't know. If he keeps on producing at this level, man, and Shawnee can block, how can you say no to, uh, I mean, without knowing anything about the tight end category, but outside Noah Fant, you know, uh, you know, second or third round, fourth round, how could you say no to that? I think that I think Hawkinson will stay for another year at least. I mean, I think, Kittle, Fant, I think Fant is gone after this year, though. Kittle was a fifth rounder, right? Uh, uh, that yeah. sounds right. Yeah. So I would think that that's probably where Hawkinson is right now. If he can get up to a third rounder, I think that's that's where you have to go for it. Um, but I would say I would pooch punt the <laughs> the idea that he's going to be leaving this year. Fair enough. Yeah. Fine. All right, but uh, over to the defense, who actually also had a really good game. Peyton Ramsey threw thirty-one or forty-two times, completed thirty-one passes, but he did not. It did not feel like he had that great of a game, quite frankly. Um, you know, uh, he really made all these short throws, and I've seen Indiana fans talk about how you know they don't think he's that good, and how they just he just you know takes all these short passes, and it's, <clears throat> pardon me. The, you know, the, what they're going for is death by a thousand paper cuts, you know, whatever. But yeah, he wasn't impressive. And, you know, as I've, I'd heard a lot of good things about him, and it, he just did not impress me even a little bit. Um, but Iowa kept him in check for the most part. Uh, and the wide receivers, too, because, you know, you got to make sure you tackle the wide receivers when they catch the ball on these, you know, little dinking, uh, little dinky passes there. Yeah, Max, I agree. Um, that's what Ben and Ben Nutbreak is supposed to do. Uh, there was the one long touchdown pass, but really, uh, they only had, I guess, three guys average over ten yards of reception, which 
doesn't seem like much, but and one of them was the guy who caught that thirty-three yarder. Yep, exactly. So you you live with it. Um, it's what Phil Parker's made all his money on uh, during his time in Iowa City, which is significant. So dude knows what he's doing. Um, I, I think yeah. Riley Moss had a better game this year or this week. Oh my gosh, yeah, he, he, he did get beat for that touchdown, but I wouldn't really. I wouldn't really like say that that was too bad. He was he is an okay coverage. He was isolated on that side of the field. So once the, he got beat a little bit, you know, it was all over for him. He didn't have any safety help over there in the corner right there. And really, it was a perfect pass, right? Yeah. And that's really all you're asking. That's what uh, they've brought up trail technique a lot this year or lately with the freshman corners. And it seems like what you when you're executing that well, it requires a perfect pass from the quarterback. So yeah. you live with perfect, perfect passes, uh, I think, as a, as a defense. Yeah, he put that right in a spot where you couldn't really do anything with it. And kudos to Ramsey for making that throw, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the short passes, the West Coast style, that offense, I was a little, I was looking at uh, the season stats and stats from the game yesterday and, only two sacks from this defensive line, but I think there's more product of <clears throat> Ramsey just got the ball out really quickly and how that offense works. Because, yeah. um, I don't know, I just my favorite stat is sacks. I think, Harrison, you wrote about how that directly translates to Iowa's successes. Seasons where we have more than 30, I think, 30 or 34 sacks or something, then we're definitely on pace to break. Um, I think most we've ever had in a season, I think, was around 34 of the Kirk Ferentz era. And uh, I would just love to see that. Yeah, I mean, Indiana's, as you said, Indiana's, you know, offense is designed to keep you from getting sacks. But I think that Iowa, and I think that actually looking at Indiana's rushing is a little bit more telling of how Iowa's defensive line was doing. 25 rushes for 67 yards, two and a half uh, yards mm-hmm. per carry. You know, they allowed... The only guy to average over four and have multiple carries averaged 4.8 and had one of his runs was 13 yards of his total 19. So, like, Iowa really kept the Hoosiers in check all day long in the running game, and I think that that's entirely, not entirely, but mostly due to the defensive line kind of blowing up the offensive line of the Hoosiers. Yeah, I agree. And, and the that linebackers are making tackles, the defensive backs were making tackles it was it was as complete a game I think as I was played in a long time uh, it was a lot like it was super fun to watch um seeing them get a couple red zone interceptions on defense was really nice to see and I think they've really kind of settled into 11 guys right now um that are the best 11 uh, I think Geno Stone well, is 11 healthy at least yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna put in a middle linebacker. Uh, you'd prefer to have Hockaday in there. Maybe Jones if he was able to go well, the the full time. I, I was. I thought it was interesting that I don't think Jones played during the second half. Did he? I don't remember. I don't remember question. seeing him for a while. I'll have to. We'll have to ask Jordan about that. I'll see if he started the rewatch. But I don't think he played at all during the second half. He he had one tackle on the box score. Yeah, they stuck with Welch. Um, maybe they switched him out as kind of it got into a little bit of garbage time, but they're they're playing ones pretty much all the t- across yeah. the board on defense yeah. and offense. They were. I know OJ Moody got on a little bit. Uh, 
was did you see Hankins out there at all? I didn't see him. Uh, I saw him. I don't remember him really being out there a whole ton. Yeah, I know. I do feel like I saw he's number eight, correct? Hankins is eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know OJ yeah. got beat once or twice. I don't know how many snaps he played, but I don't think he played much. Yeah, I really yeah. felt like Ojemudia was out there two snaps. They threw at him both times. Both times, yeah. It was decent coverage, caught him both, and he sprinted off. Like, I mean, yeah. he that's what he was asked to do. I think it was probably dime, the dime corner, mm-hmm. since they've got three safeties out there. So, you live with that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm not... I, I'm really not upset with anybody's performance in this game on defense either. Uh, everybody was pretty serviceable. I don't think that anybody really did anything egregiously bad. You know, we talked about penalties, but I also think that those referees were very trigger happy throwing the flags. Like India, how many did Indiana uh, have? They had a lot too. Uh, I mean, it's wild. I think they only had ten. Um, I, thought, I thought eleven. Let's maybe maybe they had eleven for all those yards, and Iowa had 10. The stat I'm looking at is a little different. Uh, oh, yeah, Iowa 11 for 110 yards, Indiana 10 for 99 yards. Gosh. Yeah. I just think that those <laughs> referees wanted to throw flags because... Uh, I don't remember any dumb calls, though. I think everything was deserved. Yeah, for the most part. Fant had a couple of... Uh, oh, penalties. yeah, the two yeah. offensive pass interferences. That was brutal. Like, I mean, the one time was the... Defensive back bear hugging him. Like, what the heck are you gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. I think one of them was. I think the first one was kind of bad. Um, I mean, he just you know blocked the guy. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Iowa won big. Yeah, I'm not. The penalties don't concern me. I don't think anything. Right. I I genuinely don't have complaints. I can't stop saying it enough. (laughs) Like they were good in every facet of the game. Special teams were perfectly fine. Not that they were really needed, but... Mm-mm. What did uh, Groneway end with for stats here? Well, Smith-Marset had the long return, and he didn't, oh. where he didn't want to get tackled by the kicker, so he yeah, broke his... Him. Or yeah. hurt his ankle despite his face. Yeah, that was technically not good. Mm-hmm. That was a very bad... That was a very good return made out of a very bad decision and a bad play. So I guess that, that wasn't very good, but it was a 60-yard return nonetheless. Even when they messed up, they turned it into something good this game. Yeah, yeah Groin Wake had a yeah, he had a thirty five yard or two. I'm still impressed with how he's doing. Um, and Devonte Young had a twenty four yard return. I don't re- I remember oh yeah, I do remember that one now. Mm-hmm. And uh Rastetter, I like the everything's just kinda coming up Iowa um the last couple weeks <laughs> because you know, he only had to punt two times, averaged forty five yards. Like this was a question coming in, and he's he's uh, done well so far this season. Yeah, he's. Mm-hmm. I think that he maybe had one bad game, but otherwise, he's been serviceable. He's Definitely been most un- improved player. Yeah, Are you ready to I, say he's the most improved player on Iowa? Uh, right now, who's who else comes to mind? Hawkinson, maybe. Yeah, I mean Hawkinson was good, but he was I feel really like good last year, though. I, yeah, but I don't. He's I mean, been I'm not even better. I'm more surprised than Rastetter's improvement than I am Hawkinson's. Okay. Yeah, um, I'd say that that's probably more surprising because last year we were everybody was calling for his head. Right. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably it's probably a fair statement to say that it's uh, the punter. 
It's just and, easy to, I mean, he also has, you know, the easiest performers to pick apart. Yeah. And that was talking punting. Yep. Uh, so do we want to talk at all about the Big Ten picture for just a few minutes? Uh, you know, Wisconsin got destroyed by uh, the Wolverines in the big house. Uh, Least surprising not... thing of all time. Um, God, I'm so mad Alex Hornibrook played like ass and he was a, a diamond cutter against Iowa. It just, I don't know. I don't get it. It's just the way it goes sometimes. I mean, it completely sucks. <laughs> that's football. Ugh. It's That's football. That's yeah. football. Uh, oh, I mean, no. the the touchdowns, he, uh, he had the one drive late, but the other stuff was those two or the one really short drive. I mean, it's just, it's frustrating, but... Like I said, that's football. I think the the one thing I'm I've got the Big Ten page pulled up now, and obviously no one's gonna touch Ohio State stats just because the way they play they inflate. But yeah. Nate Stanley right now is second in the Big Ten in touchdowns. How, yeah, well, how many does Dwayne Haskins have? Twenty eight. And Stanley has fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are those all passing? Or do those count as do those count as rushing? No, passing touchdowns too. Oh, yeah. only passing touchdowns. Excuse me. Okay, only. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like it's it's no comparison. It's like they play a different sport. <laughs> yeah, for real though. That but, is uh, wild. Think, oh my! You also got to think about it. Ohio State did get to play Rutgers. That's true. People forget <laughs> that. I I think really as it as it comes down to. The overall Big Ten landscape, though, right now it is pretty wild because of the four teams in the West that have a single loss. Um, mm-hmm. So Iowa's games against Northwestern and Purdue are going to be huge. Like I, I don't even think that's an exaggeration to say. But they just they they also like Maryland's tough. They're two and one. Granted, one of those games is against Rutgers. Um, <laughs> the other games against. Minnesota. So, is it really two wins? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh it's overall it's interesting cuz I think Iowa's got a very clear chance to winning the Big 10. Yeah. At least the West. So, like the path is there. Um So, does Wisconsin they can lose to Penn State. And then when, if Iowa doesn't lose again, it, it doesn't matter that the both their losses come against the East. Yeah, no, that wouldn't yeah. matter. Okay. Um, but I think Wisconsin's going to lose at least two more. Ooh. Who do you okay. – go, go for it. What's one? I would yeah. say Purdue. I don't know how their secondary can cover Rondell Moore, which is the biggest concern I have about Iowa. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you feel about us against Purdue? Purdue, man, they were – didn't you say you don't – Purdue shouldn't be a 10-point favorite over anyone? I was wrong. I, I like uh, I make predictions, but I, I, I was wrong on that one. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I think also Illinois, man, is really like really really bad. Um, oh yeah, they're like flying. It's Nebraska and Rutgers are so bad. Illinois is flying under the radar with how shitty they are. Um, that's my hot take. It's a it's a good take. Um, because even Minnesota, like they've. The way they've messaged this year, it's like yeah. you, it, it's fine. Like they have basically a neutral uh, margin of victory, one point versus Rutgers is minus twenty one. <laughs> Illinois is minus eight, or excuse me, six. Math 
and then Nebraska minus Ooh. fifteen. <laughs> minus fifteen. They're only minus fifteen. Well, I mean, they lost this last game by one. Yeah. yeah or, excuse me, also, three. But they also lost to Nebraska or to Purdue by fourteen. Yeah. And they're winless. So how does that? I, I don't. Know. I don't know I'm what stat this is. Well, I don't know what you're bringing up. This is. We're, yeah, we're talking about uh, points scored minus points lost. So differential. Given up. Differential. Yeah. Yeah, it's differential. Okay. But that's uh, wild. Nebraska yeah, that is, is that is crazy. The second worst team in points differential this what year. What is Iowa? Iowa. It. I mean, this is what's scaring me about Iowa right now. Is they're starting to resemble the 2008 team almost to a T, where the defense was really good, the offense was really good and they ended up being on the wrong side of like four really close games because right now they're plus 15 points which is a 10 win team at at minimum but what what were we in 2015 do you know uh i it was right at plus 15 but i'll go ahead and get that confirmed i think i can do it right now What, what website are you on i'm on sports reference but let's see 20 well, the thing or about 2015. Purdue too. Yeah. The thing about Purdue though too is Purdue's three and three, but their three losses have come by a combined eight points. They lost by three to Mizzou. Well, it was it was ten in 2015. Yeah, and it was 17 in 2008. That that's who this team's reminding me of right now. Okay. It's 2008. And 09, it was eight. Yeah, 09 was wild. Yeah. What's your wild take on 09? I mean, they were just lucky. Yeah. Like, I mean, they were, also they were, they were obviously too. really good, but, like, they, they were just in all these close games, and so many of them. They were really also unlucky, too. With um, Stanzi getting hurt. Yeah, that's true. We've digressed from Big Ten talk. Um, You're right. Which is my fault. Uh, but the to me, the path is Iowa. I think they can win out. Uh, it's yeah, you, you know, or, or they lose to Penn State, but Penn State they're not looking quite like the team that they were set up to be. James Franklin, maybe. Yeah, no play. shit. Yeah, I know. Without Joe Moorhead and uh, Saquon Barkley, who thought your team mm-hmm. might get worse? Um, certainly no wow. Penn State fan. Uh, but Michigan and Ohio State, <laughs> like that game at the end of the year, is going to be. One of the best games of the whole season. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. wild. One of the best offenses in the country versus one of the best defenses in the country. Could be good. And I think if I was able to win the West the day before, you'll have about... I mean, the whole entire Iowa fan base will be cheering for Michigan. As they were last night yeah. on Saturday. <laughs> I would you... I might rather play Ohio State. No, no. Urban Meyer, uh, he would he would he not remember, be satisfied uh, unless Brian Ferentz's <laughs> head was on a pike. But, but also, to be fair, do you think Urban Meyer remembers, or do you think? Oh, <laughs> uh, there we go, man! God damn! <laughs> oh, you right cold. on a platter. Oh, right uh, nicely platter. done. God, put it on T. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather play Ohio State. I don't know. I yeah. Whatever. But, but yeah, let's I not mean, get too far ahead of We'll cross that bridge when we get yeah. to it. We'll, we'll talk about this. Come, get back to us in eight weeks. Yeah. 
however, however many weeks is it eight yeah sounds seven, right six seven um how do we think the two deeps are going to look tomorrow we think uh i still don't think we we're, we're going to see neiman um who else was hurt? Uh, I, don't, I don't think we'll Hockaday. see him. Uh, what, what was Hockaday's injury exactly? Was it a concussion? No, he was a knee injury. Oh, yeah, he, My, yeah, yeah, he came out in crutches. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think the way Mark Morehouse framed it was maybe a scope, which is like two weeks. So I don't think we see him. Um, okay. I, I would assume it looks basically like the game left, uh, the way the game ended. Yeah. Um. Just because there there were no injuries, maybe we see Imani Jones on it nominally, whether he's the one or two middle linebacker. I, yeah. don't, I don't know. But uh, I don't think we'll see a, hu- a lot of changes. Well, do you think that if Hankins and Ojemudi are both like 80%, do you think we're going to see them, or do you think that we're just going to stick with these freshmen for the rest of the year? We'll see, No, we'll see Hankins for sure if he gets yeah. to 100%. To me, like, but I think these guys are playing better than... It kind of feels like Brents has surpassed O.J. Moutier. I would Maybe. agree with that. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree with it. But I but I, I, think it just kind of depends. Like, if both of them are 100%, we definitely see Hankins. Mm-hmm. If O.J. Moutier gets to 100% before Hankins, I think we see him over Moss. But if we see both That's of them fair. at 100%, then I think it's Brents and Hankins. That's fair. I'd I'd probably agree with that. Yep. Letting the kids play. Yep, and I really like what we're seeing out Geno Stone. I like Hooker. You know, Hooker uh, took some bad angles once or twice in his new hybrid position, newer hybrid position yesterday. But um, I feel confident with him there, especially the way Brent was playing. Javas got Javas missed two or three big tackles. Um, but then he made it. Yeah, if you want to talk about bad angles, he was the guy. You... But his, his position is. Not going anywhere. But, but he, he made was... himself up. He had a good interception, and he did make one or two big, big tackles. Um, so I, I can stomach that. Yeah. And it was really that first drive. Like, I mean, that was a classic bend-don't-break drive where Iowa, yeah. you know, they let him settle in with their scripted offense and then adjust to that. And, you know, it was really only turnovers that kind of sprung up the other direction for, for Indiana. So I think you have, like, that's that's exactly what you – hope to see from a bend don't break defense is give up field goals in the red zone instead of touchdowns and uh let your offense go out and get some points yeah um so we've already talked a little bit about the death chart this upcoming week how are we feeling about this maryland game i i think i'm feeling pretty good about it i'm feeling good not just uh i just don't think maryland's very good i thought they i thought they were um I thought Maryland was always going to be a sneaky, sneaky team. But well, Maryland did beat Texas, who is back. I don't know if you've heard. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I just don't like the way Mar- I, I, I like the way our defense matches up with Maryland's offense, and I like the way our offense matches up with their defense. Um, I think we're more skilled with them. At mo- with more skill than they are at most positions, excuse me, it shouldn't uh, shouldn't be too tough. Yeah, my only real concern, and it's is us against their rushing game because they they have some dudes. They have a lot of team game. speed. 
Um, yeah. And it's going to be like a jet sweep is going to be a dime a dozen. Matt Cannon is going to run all those out. Uh, mm-hmm. So so I think uh, Canada is a guy that scares me going up against Iowa. He just he always will. I, he was on those early Wisconsin staffs. He's got mm-hmm. a method to beating Iowa that he can probably translate into uh, the pieces he has at Maryland. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to test Iowa, but I think if we see Iowa do what they did against Indiana, get up early, get that kind of double digit lead, and then they can extend it. Um, because not only do they have kind of the need to, like, I don't think this defense is, this defense I feel like is properly rated, but I think it's also not as good as we think at for some reasons and not as bad as we think for other reasons. Like I think if you're playing from ahead, your defense is going to look better. And I think Brian knows that Iowa needs to play from ahead um, to balance out the two teams. So if Iowa can get that lead early, force Maryland to throw more than they'd like, then you see the turnovers come. Uh, But other than that, if they let them hang around, that's where it starts to scare me. Yeah. I'm 100% not worried about their passing game. Kaysom Hill is, I guess, their starting quarterback. I, I think that they use pick Rome with a pretty solid amount, too, but Hill's 55 for 103. He's thrown six touchdowns. Nate Stanley just threw six in one game. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, also, I'm not worried about them throwing the ball. The game being at home, too, is huge. Um Yeah. I think I'd be a little bit more nervous if it was in Maryland, but I... Uh, Body clucks. Yeah, whatever. Um, I think it being at home in Kinnick after uh, after we were away for a little bit, and then we are, we are going to be away again. It's four of our five games are away, right? And this is the one in between. Yeah, we go to Penn State after Maryland. And then Purdue, and... right? And Yeah, at Purdue Yeah, is, yeah. is the third game. So... Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good one. It'll be good. And like you said, Max, uh, their running game is really kind of what stirs the drink, so to speak. They have three games where they're averaging over seven yards a carry, um, being against Bowling Green, Minnesota, and Rutgers. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Iowa has a better defense than all three of those teams. Uh, well, Iowa's only allowed 100 rushing yards, I think, in one game this season. Uh, uh, two games. Northern two games. Illinois got 101, uh, but on oh, 2.8 yeah, yards per carry. <laughs> uh, Northern Illinois. I remember when we were afraid of that game? God, what is that? What's their defensive end's name? I already forgot. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Sutton Smith, that's it. <laughs> yep, that's uh, him. See, I see that he's still haunting your nightmares after he punched Iowa in the face. Uh, yeah, let's see how many sacks he has. You you talk, you speak. I'm gonna do some sleuthing. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I'm. I don't think I'm really worried about this game. If Maryland is able to run the ball, then I'd be worried. But Iowa's been very very stout and rushed and run defense. Oh, he has seven so. sacks. So he's tied a, a bunch of people at seven. Here's my concern: <laughs> is I'm almost afraid that and this is just like kind of a purely psychological thing is we've got all these IO fans that have seen a Brian Ferentz led offense post two of the best scoring outputs 
of Brian's career as offensive coordinator on the road. I fear something where the offense doesn't get clicking early. Just there's weird execution issues. Mm-hmm. It's an 11 o'clock game. You never know with these 11 o'clock games. And we see the crowd get a little testy. There's a little more angst than uh, maybe everyone would have liked. I think that is probably my worst case scenario because what we've seen Kirk do in the past and when when that has kind of hit Iowa's team is he just leans into defense, run down the clock on offense, don't necessarily worry about scoring unless you absolutely need to. So what happened in the Indiana game is you saw a little bit of that, right? There was a really bad interception. They scored immediately off of it. Boom. They're right back out. They're passing the ball. They're getting points. Um, so I hope that that mindset sticks with um, with Iowa going forward. And it seems like it. I mean, I don't think these players would say, we think we're championship caliber, championship caliber teams. They get a lead. They step on the gas. Like, you know? Uh, so so I think that's reason for optimism. But you never know. Like, I mean, that's, I'm just always going to be a little pessimistic. Yeah. <laughs> We have 20 years of data. (laughs) It is true. All right, do we want to score predictions? Let's do score predictions. All right, Ben, you're first. I'm going to say... I like Iowa to score about 31. I like us to give up. Uh, 17 sounds right. I wonder what this is. Is there a spread yet? Uh, moved up to 12 and a half, which is crazy. It started at 10. That's, uh, I, I don't like that. I don't like I don't, it at all, Max. I don't, I don't like that even a little bit. Yeah, I would not touch. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You'll talk yourself into it by Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When this comes out, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I do like it, yeah. But I will. But I will. I like something like thirty-eight to twenty-one Iowa, and that. So you do like twelve and a half. I. I, don't, I, I make a prediction that I, I don't put my money where my mouth is. That that's Christina's job. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I would say I, I think um. I think they're able to kind of continue the offense. Maybe it doesn't look quite as pretty as it has the last couple of games, but I think thirty-eight seems like maybe the right number. Um. So, yeah, I think it's like going to be like 38 to, to 21, 24, something where uh, it's a late Maryland score that, you know, closes it a little more than it actually looked like. But this team went for style points. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's still kind of what boggles my mind. It is nuts, hmm. yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. You're make a um, I think that I uh, do not. I do not like twelve and a half. I think Iowa turtles in this one on offense. Oh, pun! Uh. Um, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I didn't actually mean to do that. I swear. Um, Twenty-four seventeen. Oh, Max! Oh no! We're gonna go back. That's so scary. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like it. I don't think that it's gonna be. I don't. I don't feel afraid of Maryland. I don't like the twelve and a half. Sounds points. like you're incredibly I, scared. No, I just don't 
I think Iowa's going to play a very Iowa game. Okay. Oh, that's just going to be so disappointing. Like that, I, That's really like my point and why Stoops and I are you know, still wearing our raincoats. It's like we've seen this story too many times before. I just hope it doesn't come back to be the same thing in the end. Insanity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 24 to 17. That feels right. Oh, Max, you're going to have no friends after this prediction. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's going to hear this prediction. If you hear this prediction, let me know. tweet tweet at me gospel of max i want to know if you made it this far in the podcast yeah interesting we'll see (laughs) um yeah all right so uh i think that about wraps things up here yeah Um, getting a little antsy yeah all right all right um follow us on instagram is there any any basketball news we have a basketball minute harrison not to put you on the spot um Basketball's 24 days away from, or 25 days away from today. Maybe 23 by the time you hear this. Maybe 22, 21. 20, yeah. I don't know. Maybe 27. Yeah, the, maybe the, the, the basketball minute, I would say, is practice is going on. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone looks great. The defense basketball. has been the focus. Everyone looks great. Luca Garza might be ready for the opener. That's oh. really kind of the wild thing for me is. Oh, yeah. If he's able to you know, have nine pounds of mass leave his body, recover from it within, like, a month and a half. I mean, that's going to be wild. Um, so, yeah. I, I, yeah, you know, I we'll see. Like, uh, to me, it's like with the Iowa offense and the Iowa basketball defense, I'm kind of in the the zone of let's, let's see. Um, mm-hmm. So if we see some defense immediately, I was able to compete with Oregon and UConn or Syracuse, whoever those teams are, then uh, I think it could be a special season basketball-wise. And by special, I mean getting back into the tournament. So, um, In one word, do you think that Fran's new emphasis on defense will matter? Are you asking? Indubitably. No. Nah. <laughs> Indubitably. I don't. That's cromulent. No. <laughs> All right. Well, follow us on Instagram. Um, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Fox State.